0: Hi, I'm Meredith Emily
1: and I'm Noel Cowman.
0: Between us, we have over 30 years experience in the fitness, nutrition and well-being industry.
1: Our goal is to share that knowledge and experience with you.
0: So, welcome to the Intelligent Fitness Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Intelligent Fitness Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about youth fitness development uh, and by that we mean specifically any young person uh, under the age of 18 and we're going to be talking about what is and isn't appropriate for them and Uh, some of the questions that come up from parents of young people that we know that we're either training or not training um, and some of the things that we feel that parents particularly need to know about young people and any issues with regard to training young people uh, in strength and conditioning. So, Noel, if we talk first about your background in uh, strength and conditioning.
1: Yes, well, I'm about 30 years involved in strength and conditioning for uh, teen athletes. Um, you could probably add a little bit more to that if I include my own personal experiences as somebody who was always very interested in fitness uh, from a physique point of view and from a sporting performance point of view as well. So I was always interested in that. So you could probably add a few years into that. Um, I have worked over the last 30 years with everything from um, elite level footballers, Gaelic footballers, um, martial artists, individual sports like tennis, boxing, and um, everything from from that to, in a lot of cases, people who had no experience of exercise and fitness and just really wanted to get themselves kind of on a health pathway.
0: Okay, and you've been working for many years with various different teams and uh, doing strength and conditioning for all levels of youth teams.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Up to an up to an international level, yeah.
0: Okay, and to add to that, we have four kids at home who uh, play various different sports. Between them, I think we we've got in our house currently kids playing. Uh, GAA, soccer, swimming, rugby and taekwondo, and they're all ages from 11 right up to 17. So we have lots and lots of experience of dealing with a lot of the issues that come up regarding teenagers and teenage uh, exercise issues. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to cover really all groups of of teenagers today, uh, from those who currently do no sport or exercise, to young people who are currently perhaps playing a sport, whether it's an individual sport like tennis or swimming or a team sport like GAA and have access to a strength and conditioning program or who don't and would like to know what to do to kind of help their sport a little bit. Um, right up to kind of the elite level young athlete where strength and conditioning is going to be fundamental to their sport. So we're covering everybody today. Um Exactly. And I think it would be helpful to start maybe with a couple of questions that we tend to get asked an awful lot with regard to young people. And this is young people of all ages. The first uh, question that parents are very concerned with, I think, is what's appropriate for my young person to be doing in the gym? A lot of parents are worried that their young person that is going to get injured or, um, you know, the things that might be going be, be about to go wrong if they start them on a gym program or a strength and conditioning program. So if we possibly cover the negatives first. Um, I yeah, think that might so, be a good place to start.
1: Yeah. So they're, they're typical the typical questions would be, A, what's the right age for my kid to get involved in, the, it, well, whether it be a gym or a strength and conditioning program? Um, there are, you know, the typical myths that are associated with what's appropriate uh, once they do join the gym, what's the right stuff for them to be doing? The whole questions like, will weight training stunt my kids' growth, etc. So, yes, let's cover all of that first.
0: Okay, so there's a bit of a misinformation, I think, about, uh, you know, how young is too young to start a gym programme and where could things go wrong for people?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think there's the whole uh, idea of when a a teenager should start using a gym or doing fitness, Uh, I think there's a far... There's more education in relation to it now than there was before. And I suppose with that, people are a little bit less fearful about allowing people to get involved in, in, in training younger. I, I I think it's not that long ago. It might only have been 10 years ago. Uh, there was um so much information out there about child obesity, people with poor self-image, um, underweight kids and so on and so forth. And at the time, there was a commercial gym promoted themselves as... Having a membership for teen athletes or teen teenagers to join the gym, um, you know, say it was a summer special or a discount or whatever. And they were heavily, heavily criticised uh, on social media for effectively capitalising on kids with uh, w- w- with, weight issues and so on and so forth. And At the time, I felt that was incredibly unfair because... We as parents and as a nation had identified that really we want to try and help our kids to have a better understanding of health and well-being. This was a gym that was maybe showing a little bit of initiative to say, look, we, we, we'll we tackle that issue. Uh, at the time, I remember they weren't exactly charging through the nose for it. So this wasn't really massively a commercial thing, but they were criticized for, uh, I think the suggestion was, Oh, if you talk to a kid about weight, they're going to have weight phobias for the rest of their life. So let's tiptoe around that subject. Or if you somebody's a bit underweight, same issue. Um, so where I think we're at today is that with the information, <laughs> a highway out there that everybody is able to get information in relation to weight and well being. There's so much. Uh, image consciousness with the likes of Love Island and all these things out there now.
0: Don't even get me started on (laughs) that.
1: (laughs) Every kid knows about weight, as in is aware of it, has their own opinion about where they fall within weight. They're all aware of body image and six packs and muscles and trying to get bigger than their friends or trying to get fitter or more toned than their friends. And I think any parent who says, oh, let's not even address that issue for fear that we might give them a phobia growing up, I think we need to park that one at this stage and be realistic and say, look, it's like saying, oh, I'm not going to give my kid a phone or I'm not going to allow them to use the Internet or I'm not going to allow them to do Facebook or Snapchat. I think we just need to accept this is the world we live in. We all we all need to just basically educate our our, our children now and prepare them rather than avoiding the subject.
0: Yeah. So talk to your. Talk to your kids honestly about, you know, if they have a worry themselves about a weight issue or if they want to change the way they look or if they want to address their body composition or if they have a sport that they're playing that they want to get bigger for or whatever the issue is, just talk to them honestly about it because you can be sure that they'll be more aware than you think they are.
1: I Um, would go as far as to say this. If you don't educate your children and prepare them, somebody else will. So it's not a case of it'll just get left out there. It, somebody else will will educate them and not necessarily in the direction that you want.
0: So what are some of the things that parents are worrying about about uh, other than kind of addressing the issue to begin with with their kids? W- once they've had that discussion and they're, they're, but everybody's clear where they are, their child wants to start an exercise mm-hmm. program, everybody's happy. What are some of the things that could go wrong with that that the parents are really worrying about that's keeping them from sending their children to do strength and conditioning kinds of exercises in the gym?
1: Well, for example, the, bi- the big myth you hear a lot now is um that weight training stunts your growth. Okay, so... There's a big one and it's still going out there now. Oh, you know, uh, if they start weight training, they basically will stop growing.
0: Okay, and why has that become... Uh, kind of common myth, I suppose. I
1: think it goes back to bodybuilding in days gone by was taken up an awful lot by people who weren't necessarily very tall to begin with. Um, So, you know, a lot of the taller people would have been necessarily, they might have been playing sports like tennis or basketball or volleyball or something like that. And uh, a lot of the smaller athletes who might have started out doing something like uh, wrestling uh, decided to get into to bodybuilding. Realized they had a passion for it. And if you look, uh, other than the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the majority of bodybuilders uh, over the years have all been five foot seven, five foot eight, five foot nine. So people look at guys like those bodybuilders and say, "Look how small they are." Okay. But they were small. They were small to begin with.
0: So if I was a parent of, say, a thirteen-year-old or a fourteen-year-old, and I had misgivings about having them join a strength and conditioning program, um, what would you be saying to them about what they should and shouldn't be doing?
1: I would say if we look at the realms of sport, for example, turning around to a 14 year old and saying, don't do any weight bearing exercise whatsoever, it's probably the wrong thing to do because sprinting has the same effect on the body as weight bearing. Yeah. Um, If they jump to catch a ball, land hard on the ground, fall on the ground, get back up again, that's the same as weight bearing exercise. Mm. Um, If they're in a contact situation, especially something like rugby, any rugby player will tell you that getting into a scrum or, you know, a a full tackle or contact situation has at least the same effect as a weight bearing exercise. So if we're trying to prepare our players, or our athletes for the, the, you know, the demands of the sport, they should be doing some type of weight bearing exercise if possible. So Mm -hmm. should they be doing at 14? Absolutely. It goes without saying there's the right and the wrong stuff to be doing
0: so the, the first thing is to to really find a trainer who understands how to work with young people and how to assess them because every young person is built differently it's It's such an important time in terms of growth that the the years between say twelve and, and eighteen, bodies are changing you know rapidly growth levels are different for, for different people. So you have to get a trainer who understands how to work with young people and doesn't just apply something kind of in a, a blanket way to every young person because they're all so different at that age. I,
1: I get asked an awful lot, could I design a kind of a pathway style progressive programme that's age specific so that I can pass it on to different clubs and they say when a 13 year old walks into the gym they should do A, when a 14 year old walks into the gym they should do B. But I never do and I never will because, uh, particularly, let's use 13 as an example, one 13 year old could walk in and they have the body of an 11 year old and they have the physiological uh, development of an 11 year old and the coordination skills of an 11 year old, which mightn't be where it needs to be. and then another 13 year old has the, the body of a 15 year old. Mm. So you really do need to deal it case by case. Mm. And I think the most important starting point when they go into the gym is to have a trainer who understands not just what their potential is, but also what their limitations are. Yeah. So, for example, we'll maybe throw a few of these out there that people don't necessarily think rather than just weights. Uh, a, fa- a really good foundation program for any teen athlete should include uh, posture. Yeah. Um, maybe what we will call corrective exercise where there might be a few imbalances. So yeah. I, I guess p- posture is included in that too. Uh, flexibility, mm-hmm. core strength and then muscular development. Yeah. And that's before we even start looking at things like cardio fitness. Are they fit enough to run around the pitch and so on?
0: So when we're thinking about young people and uh, developing them, I guess what you would typically think about is kind of lifting weights and running around and getting red in the face and and right. often people might look at a young person doing a specifically um targeted um, program for a young person and you might think well you know what are they doing it might you might be doing a stability exercise with mm. them to say strengthen their ankles and they, they're not going to be red in the face they're not mm-hmm. going to you know look like they're really exerting themselves but these are really really key things to get right while they're young so they have a good development pathway um, into kind of later life and, and into development so when you think about young people doing gym programs it's not necessarily all lifting weights and mm-hmm. running around and getting very very cardio kind of uh, work out. It's
1: it's neither of those things. Uh, There's a lot of other stuff
0: that we should be doing with them that you Mm. wouldn't necessarily think about if you didn't understand what these kids should be doing.
1: One of my jobs, uh, one of the things I'm very involved in now is with the Dublin uh, Under-16 development squad in in football and in hurling. Um, And we're very, very structured about when we stage the next level of training, you know, and when we progress them. And the big key for me is that technique, their their, their technique is absolutely spot on. I don't give them exercise B until I'm happy that they do exercise A properly. Yep. Um, and I think when you're working in a group environment and you've got a trainer who's just trying to deal with as many people as they can at the same time, that can fall by the wayside because mm. they might decide themselves. And this is going back to the whole 14, 15, 16 pathway thing. If you just follow a blueprint and say, you know, when they're this age, you do this. And when you're that age, you do that. You're not taking into consideration that some kids naturally pick up on an exercise very quickly. They may have the coordination and the muscular development already to be able to do classic exercises like your squat or your Mm. bench press or your chin or something like that, or your shoulder press, these kind of movements. And they might have the understanding and self-body awareness to be able to say that exercise is working my core that exercise isn't really targeting my core. But most kids don't have that. So if you start to progress them, inverted commas, before they're ready, you're, you, you, you stand the risk of, A, injuring them, B, building them in the direction that won't help them long term. So whether it be just for kind of body awareness, their posture might be out. Uh, we have a lad coming to us at the moment who spend a lot of time doing a lot of chest work and shoulder work and his trainer prior to us had no interest in dealing with his posture, and he's incredibly rounded in the shoulders now. His back is so wide and rounded that uh, he he just looks really out of position. Mm. So I've gone. And that's ba- actually
0: going to hinder you in your sport if you if you're training for a specific. Oh, sport. absolutely. Issues like that can actually hold young athletes back. Absolutely. In progressing, yeah, so. yeah,
1: you're going to get repetitive strain injuries. Your 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 muscles simply aren't going to perform to the same level. And cosmetically, I suppose if, the, if this particular guy was interested in training for kind of. Uh, physique benefits, and it's going to hinder that as well. So but but what we were saying about that was, um, sorry, we were, we were talking about the, the, the right and the wrong stuff to do. Mm. Um, when somebody comes into us, the first thing we do is we try and assess what their starting point and maybe what their limiting factors are right now. Uh, we don't, while n- not ignoring their age, we don't make that the kind of prerequisites goal or or kind of a indicator for what they should be doing next because as I said, everyone's different. One 13-year-old is kind of like an 11-year-old another one's like a 15-year-old. So we got to take these things in. Otherwise one person you're actually limiting. You're giving them too little and somebody else you're giving too much. After that then, uh, the, probably the biggest thing we have to deal with then is managing the expectation of the parent mm-hmm. who sent them down and managing the expectation of the coach who might have sent them down individually or as mm-hmm. a group. And managing
0: the expectation of the, the young people as well.
1: Absolutely. For example, um, the 13-year-old who says, um, my coach says that I'm a good rugby player, but I'm a little bit too small for my position. Mm. And they come into us and they think within three months they're going to have put on half a stone of muscle and they're going to be physically powerful and now everything is going the direction they want. So... I'll give those examples and we'll tick on that in a little while. Mm. Um, another one would be the coach that says, and <laughs> I'm going to use this example because we get it probably every day of the week. Yeah, um, I'm sending my under 13s team to you. I want you to work with them for six weeks. Now, one hour every week. <laughs> in that time, I want you to develop their strength their size, their fitness, their flexibility, their posture, their athletic development. They throw in a few key phrases. They might have Googled, like, core strength. And also, I want you to run, the, run their legs off, the <laughs> legs off them. And I want them to be sick at the end of the session. Yeah. And you're saying to them, okay, so I'm only going to have them for six weeks in total. And that's one hour So a that's week.
0: six hours over six weeks. Six hours weeks, over yeah.
1: six weeks. And you think, A, that we're going to develop all of those things. B, you want me to run them till they get sick. And C, you think that three weeks after they stop coming to us, that they'll have kept any of those games. Yeah. So um, I think that the coaches have to be realistic about, if you're asking to get your team on a really good development plan, you're not going to turn around to a kid who's never kicked a ball in their life and turn them into somebody who's getting onto the Dublin panel in six weeks, mm. don't expect us to do the same with their strength and conditioning. These things are all pathways. Mm. And some of these things, quick fixes basically is what they should be avoiding at all costs.
0: The, the great thing about having young people coming to us for this kind of training is that it isn't a quick fix, but you can start them on a lifetime path of, you know, a love of, of health and fitness and wellbeing and nutrition. And you can get them comfortable in a gym environment and, it's really, really nice to be a part of that that journey and a part of the beginning of that journey where it, it is a long, slow process of getting the kids comfortable and setting them on a lifetime pathway. It isn't a quick fix. Um, but this is all stuff that we didn't have on offer. I certainly didn't as a, as a young person, as a teenager. I didn't set foot in the gym until I was in my 20s. Yeah. So um, it's a brilliant thing for them to be involved in, but it isn't a quick fix. This is the first step on a lifetime's journey for them.
1: I was asked by a, a premier... Um, football team in Ireland, so Premier at, at Irish level, um, under 15 development squad. The coach, uh, the manager at the time asked me to to work with them throughout the season, but his version of throughout the season was come in every couple of weeks, run the legs off them, but then we won't see you for another five or six weeks. Then if I felt they didn't play particularly well on Saturday, I want you to come in on Monday and effectively punish them. Yeah. And that was what was expected of me. So it goes without saying I wasn't really up for that. The The following manager, the, the following year, the new manager came in. He had, an, he had a lot of experience of coaching and had played at a professional level himself. So he had a completely different outlook, which is there's no point in bringing you on board unless you're with us for the whole year. So I worked with them week in, week out over the course of the whole season. The parents really bought into this, knew that that meant probably that they'd have to come in an extra day a week. So they did. So they were getting three sessions a week, two football sessions and one strength and conditioning session. And I probably had quite an involvement in what they did on the uh, the other days as well from a, a fitness point of view. Over the course of the season, they far out, um, they, the expectation we had was that they would be mid-table. They got to uh, the final of the Regional Cup in football. They uh, finished near the top of the table. A very large percentage of the team went on to play League of Ireland football. And even better than that, uh, we only had uh, three injuries throughout the season. Mm. And those three injuries were all contact-based injuries rather than kind of repetitive strain injuries where, you know, hamstrings were going, Achilles were going, this kind of stuff. So the strength and conditioning meant that the manager had access to all his players throughout the year rather than large percentage of them being on the injured list throughout the year. So that, to me, is where a strength and conditioning program can really aid a team mm. because the manager bought into it and said, let's stick with you for the year rather than these nonsense mm. six-week run-them-till-they're-dead programs. You know, I mean, I could give any manager a tip for how you can run the legs off them. You know, basically run them for half an hour till they get sick, then sprint them for half They'd, an they hour. They don't
0: need to be in a, a gym doing strength no. and conditioning. To wait, wait, to. Waste of
1: their time and waste of our yeah. time.
0: Yeah. yeah, So you get long-term... Um, Gains from from this kind of program, like injury prevention, which you wouldn't necessarily maybe think of first when you send kids along to do this kind of thing. Um, So we have to manage the expectations of the parents and the coaches. But you you touched already a little bit on kind of cosmetic benefits. Mm -hmm. And I think in terms of the young people doing the exercise themselves, we do need to kind of talk about um, young people's perception of what happens to their bodies if they go to the gym or if they start a strength and conditioning program and where that can sometimes maybe go a bit wrong for them. So specifically with regard to young boys and young girls, um, what are some of the the pitfalls that we see? Maybe if we start with young boys first, obviously they're going to want to come along. And if you tell them, you're going to have better stability and, you know, a stronger core. They're probably not going to be interested. If you tell them <laughs> they'll, they'll have...
1: They'll run a mile.
0: If you tell them they're going to end up with bulging biceps and a six-pack, then they might, you know, sit up and take a bit more notice. I so, I'll take
1: that myself, thank you.
0: <laughs> so how can we manage specifically young boys' expectations to begin with and where can it go wrong for them in terms of...
1: Step one, don't believe the hype. Uh, everybody can Google all these bodybuilding and muscular development plans and a very large percentage of them. I might throw out a figure. Obviously, I don't have exact information, but I might suggest as much as 90 percent of the stuff on YouTube is you're looking at guys and they're telling you what they want you to buy rather than what they did to get them into that shape. Mm. The classic example being somebody on steroids, you're looking at a guy on YouTube beware the coach, the strength and conditioning coach on YouTube who is standing there talking to you with his top off.
0: Mm. (laughs) But for for boys and and young men who spend most of their lives on social media and, you know, being bombarded with this kind of these ideas and this sort of imagery, what can they expect when they start a a strength and conditioning program and how can we manage that for them? Because they're going to step into the gym feeling that they want to aspire to be these people and it's, it's really unfair on them that they're...
1: Okay, so for 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 guys and girls, a let's be realistic about your role models. I mean, I think it's it's time we 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 are honest about the fact that airbrushing and photoshopping is and li- is <laughs> live and well. So you're looking at this person on a magazine saying that's how I want to look. You go, oh, I wonder how they got there. Yeah. and uh, page fifteen of the magazine article. Here are the exercises I did. Yeah, rubbish, mm-hmm. absolute rubbish. Most of what they're saying is because they want you to buy the magazine or they're getting paid to be on the front cover of that magazine. And A, they don't look like that to start with because they've been airbrushed uh, or they've been uh, Mm. photoshopped, airbrushed is old school. Um, And uh, B, they've done way more than they're telling you. So they might say, oh, I went to this new class and I do it three times a week for half an hour. And Look at me. Mm. Some of these people are training two, three hours a day. And They're they have on, been for a long time and as have well. been for years. So and when we're
0: talking about young people who are starting yeah. on this journey, it's going to take time to
1: be patient for yeah. a start. Be patient. Um, if you get there quickly, chances are you're doing it wrong. You're mm. setting yourself up to fail a with maybe the wrong nutrition. Uh, B With supplements, see possibly, we'll talk about steroids in a second. It goes without saying that's a disaster, but we'll go into that now. Mm. And after that, then doing a program which might get you gains quickly um, because you're really overloading the muscles. But long term, uh, you get reversibility very quickly. The body just goes back to the way it was. You're probably messing up your posture and your foundations.
0: And as we said before, that can actually be detrimental to your sport if you're playing a sport.
1: Yeah, well, if you think of it this way, if... If the exercise, if we're only simply talking about weight bearing exercise, weight training right now, whether it be as a beginner or an elite athlete, you got to think about yourself like you're a house. So you're not going to build a house with no foundations. Mm. It's as simple as that. You're not going to literally just build a spectacular, really impressive looking house with all these nice bricks and lovely everything on it and and no foundation of any description.
0: The foundations aren't necessarily that glamorous.
1: No, exactly. So, you know you a builder isn't going to turn around to um the 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 person buying the house or building the house and say look we're going to put gold foundations in there and we're going to put this really nice brick foundation you'll never see it as long as you live but they they they're really really nice and they they they're gorgeous even though they're underground so they're going to put basic foundations but effective foundations in we we got to have to look at it the same way when we're when we're starting out in a weight bearing program which is you got to get your posture right if yeah. your posture is wrong you're building on completely the wrong foundation, you're going to end up injuring and you're going to just look wrong. Yeah. Uh, ligaments, tendons, fascia, core, bones, all of these things need to be loved and looked after the yeah. same as those big biceps and those big chest muscles. And 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 we're setting ourselves up to fail if we don't address them too. Yeah. So when that person comes into us and we start doing things like standing on one leg and balancing or doing a plank or uh, working on their flexibility or doing a really good warm-up, a nice warm-up that brings all the muscles into play. There's there's a reason why we're doing that. We're not doing that just to try and fill the hour. We're doing that because if they don't, you're setting yourself up for real problems later on with Mm. injuries, looking not necessarily in the shape you want to be in and poor sporting performance. Mm.
0: And... These young people, uh, you know, they've got a lot of hormonal changes going on. So, you know, we have to be very aware of not loading them up with too much of of anything when when their body's changing, their hormone levels are changing. Um, That's a
1: huge thing, too. So, I mean, we're talking about weight-bearing exercise right now. Obviously, we'll cover others. And we're talking about the pitfalls being going straight into a program where maybe you're being led by... uh, you know, some kind of influencer or some kind of YouTube specialist who's standing there with his top off looking ripped and muscular saying, all you got to do is this little plan and buy this off me and you look the same as me. So they're getting terrible advice that doesn't take into consideration the things we've all, we've pointed out, where they are training age wise, how, you know, how the, how their body will adapt to these things. None of these things are being considered. But hormones are a huge thing as well, male and female.
0: So just, yeah, talking about um girls and young women specifically now um, who have slight, slightly di- different issues with kind of different uh, hormone levels. One of the pitfalls for young girls is, again, looking at social media and looking to their sort of role models, and I'm saying that in inverted commas, Um they again are being given a lot of unrealistic goals and role models that they're looking to. A lot of people have had surgery, a lot of people have... Whereas I think the male role models might have used steroids or, you know, the female role models might... uh, They're also doing the the photoshopping, but there's also a lot of surgery going on. So young women are growing up with very unrealistic models of um, what they want to be aspiring to. And in the case of uh, kind of girls and young women... um, what we often see is people pushing them too hard, but people pushing themselves too hard, either with restricting nutrition or with exercising too much because they're trying to attain these unrealistic goals. So, in the case of uh, kind of young teenagers, um, young teenage girls, we're we're seeing things like amenorrhea happening, which is the absence of periods. And with young women, it's really really important that they keep a certain level of body fat on their bodies. Uh, in order to transport and carry the really, really vital hormones that are going on. Um, It's a really key time in their development. And when their body fat gets so low that their periods stop, that's a real red flag. And it can be really dangerous for their development, for their hormonal development. Um, But unfortunately, you know, increasing numbers of young girls and young women are putting themselves through this because they have these unrealistic kind of goals um, and people that they're looking to.
1: And, so, and even sporting goals, uh, we're encountering that a lot yeah, across the different uh, teams and gyms that we've worked with over the years.
0: I've, I've worked with young um, players who visibly over a period of time lose weight, get thinner, seem to lose fitness because they're just actually pushing themselves too hard in the gym on the, you know, in training sessions um, and uh, to the point where their health which was good, is now starting to suffer because their body fat's got too <coughs> low. So, you know, it's, it's impacting their sport. It's impacting their well-being um, physiologically and psychologically. And, uh, you know, this is something else that we also have to manage really carefully in a, in a gym environment. Oh, the young girls all ask me the same two questions. One, will this exercise give me abs? And two, will this exercise make my bum bigger? Don't ask me why this is now a goal for young some women in, in, and some don't in want 2020. To. It never used to be when You're I going, was that how age. How do
1: I answer this question? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, that they all seem to want a big bum and visible abs. Now, for young athletes, for young female athletes, for your body fat to get so low that your abs are visible is not a good or healthy thing. So, you know, this is what I tell them repeatedly and what they don't want to hear. But in order to be able to see... You, the definition of your uh, of your abs you need to have such low body fat that you are not in a good place when you are a young female athlete so
1: yeah, so we we absolutely need a layer of body fat, uh, and obviously fat working through the system. So a layer of body fat in your body is an indication that there is fat in your system,
0: particularly for young yeah. women.
1: So obviously, if you've a six if you've a six pack, that means not just on your stomach, but it means that you're not storing a lot of fat, you're not transporting a lot of fat. So your hormones then aren't as 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 live and active as they should be. Mm. Um, so what we're seeing there is it, it might sound like we're we're kind of giving you some of the pitfalls of the gym, but I mean I think the pitfalls of but the I gym think... come from poor understanding, a poor expectation to start with. You know we're we're using the wrong role models. Maybe the parent is saying um, either a be very very careful and so overly careful that really nothing happens, or b go on in there and get stuck in, or we've got a coach that has a high level of expectation. Uh, or they themselves are using the wrong role model. So if, if we get the role model right and we get the expectations right, we're off to a very good start. For example, uh, when you're going to your fitness professional, that they have a really good kind of tick box and and uh, assessment for establishing what your starting point is, whether mm-hmm. it be not just a weighing scales or you know testing their body fat, but looking at posture, looking at balance, looking at stability, looking at... Um, energy levels, cardio fitness, all this, and having a really good understanding of what they need to be focusing on.
0: I think uh, these things are important for anybody choos- yep. choosing any kind of trainer or you know or, or fitness professional. But when you're talking about young people and all of these extra issues that they, that we need to consider, it, it's even more important to choose mm. the right person who is going to take all the considerations into uh, in, yep. in mind. And,
1: and by the way, have this, the 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 strength. And the resolve to be able to, and the, the credibility to be able to say to the parent or to the kid in question or to their coach. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what they actually need right now. I, I've, I've assessed them. This is where they are today. This is where they'll be in six months, times a year and two years time. Yeah. We have them on the right path. Now calm down and stop being in such a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, so. Cardio is is another one that we're encountering problems with a lot, and I think if we if we're still thinking about sports, uh, you've got the the coaches fearful of their team not being fit for start of season, and I very much understand it. I was that coach once too. I really don't want to start game one with the lads not fit or the ladies not fit, and and. So I think that kind of handcuffs a lot of coaches into feeling that they need to be doing a lot of cardio. Let's say with the, we're still talking about, obviously, underage athletes. So let's say you've got an under 15 girls team and it's off season now. So they've been given six weeks off and now you've got a coach that says, right, during that six weeks, I want to keep them cardio fit. So I'm going to do a series of running uh, um programs, I might send them to spin classes and so on and so forth. So what, what where, where does that go wrong? What's the damage with that stuff?
0: With too much cardio. Yeah. If you're doing too much cardio, uh, and when, when we say cardio, what we mean is cardiovascular exercise, which is it, it does increase your fitness. So it's, it's running based, it's running, cycling, swimming, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do too much cardio all year round, you're just putting too much stress on your system. You need to kind of periodize your training so that at different times during the year, if you're playing for a team, say, you need to be looking at your pre-season, you need to be looking at all your different kind of um, periods throughout the year and and what you're actually aiming for for those particular cycles. So if you're just working on cardio fitness and running the legs off them and getting them red in the face and sweating all of the time, they're not going to be getting uh, benefits from other areas. There should be times in the year where you go down on cardio and increase, say, weight-bearing exercise and work on... um, Helping the the athletes improve their uh, the, their their weight bearing exercises. So, uh, hormonally, it's not good for young athletes to be doing the same thing relentlessly, you know, day after day, all year round. They need to vary their training. So, cardio fitness is great and has a you know an absolute role at certain times of year and in certain sports. And but but within a structure and a timetable and based around other kinds of exercise at other times of year, because hormonally it's just too stressful for their systems otherwise.
1: And that's vital because. Again, uh, 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 if you're bringing your kids to a uh, trainer and the trainer says, let's get them so fit that, you know, their peak fitness professional athletes don't do that. If you go to a professional club, if you went down to Liverpool, they don't have them running all year round and peak fit all year round. They have peaks and troughs. Actually, rugby is an even better example. You're, you, you look at uh, Leinster at the moment, very, very successful team, and you're going, why did they not pick Sexton last week? How come um, Henshaw wasn't on? He's fit. I don't know why. He, you know, he's not injured. How come they didn't play him? Mm. And the answer would be, well, he played the last two weeks. So they're player managing these guys and they're saying, OK, right now he needs to work more on muscular development or core or whatever it might be. So he's not going to be match fit. So we're going to ease off and uh, the cardio. We're going to work on other areas of development, and somebody else is going to get a start in yeah. Jersey this week, and that's that's part of player development, but player management and player welfare. Mm. And too many sports are working on the opinion as long as you keep your team peak fit all year round, they'll beat everyone all year round. But nobody can maintain peak fitness all year round, and as a result you start to get reversibility, you start to get injuries, you start to get a lack of motivation.
0: What happens when you you do too much cardio training, um, you don't stay at peak fitness, you can't stay that way. The the idea of peak fitness is it peaks and then drops. If you're over training and you're doing too much cardio-based training, you're going to you're going to get into a kind of an overtraining syndrome where you're producing too much cortisol, which is going to hinder your sleep. It's going to hinder your absorption of all your nu- nutrients. Um, and that's going to take you backwards with your training. So you won't be able to recover. You won't be able to to get your recovery sleep in. Um, and if you train too much, you actually then do start to take a step backwards. So you absolutely have to periodize training. Um, yeah with teams but what we haven't really kind of touched on yet is what about young people who currently aren't playing for a team say Mm -hmm. they might be playing an individual sport like tennis or swimming or running um what can they do if they want to start a gym program or they want to kind of start to address these kinds of things but they just don't know where to start and they don't have access to say the resources that maybe a team might have where they might have a a trainer in a gym telling them what to do Mm -hmm. um where can, where can and you know, parents who want to to help their kids, what can they do? Now, obviously, one one option is to get a personal trainer and to have kind yeah. of one-to-one time in a gym with somebody um, like yourself who will assess them and then kind of stand with them and, and do a programme with them.
1: Well, I, I absolutely. That's exactly where I'd go. I mean, I, I, look, if you've got a, a 14-year-old athlete who's a golfer and he's playing off five and he wants to play off scratch, He's not going to go to a dentist. <laughs> he's he's going to go to a golf pro who knows what he's doing and says, look, here are your two exercises or two things that I want you to develop to improve your swing this week. Now here's two more, here's two more. He's not going to say, there's 50 things on the w- I want yeah. you to work on straight away. And he'll work them and, and a good golf pro will be able to identify where the weak links are in his, in his swing. A personal trainer uh, who is qualified in strength and conditioning and sports-specific strength and conditioning will take the same approach, which is you're a tennis player, you're a golfer, you're an individual sports person. Um, I'm going to identify where the the weak links in your physiology or your your, um, athletic performance are right now. And I'll compliment them. They won't just say, irrespective of what you want, here's your 10 exercises that I give everybody yeah, else. Yeah, You know, so I, I really think it's... Uh,
0: so that's a good place to start. Absolutely. Because obviously a lot of these young people are too young to sign up to say a commercial gym and just be let, let loose yeah. on the gym floor. So w- then for the for, for kids who kind of maybe aren't confident enough or yeah. aren't, say, sporty in inverted commas, enough to feel that they want to go one-to-one with a personal trainer, um... Another option is to have your uh, teenagers or young people join a, a fitness class specifically for young people, yep. which is something we're going to be doing in the gym in Finns. We're going to be starting up a class specifically for young people. Yep. We did. A, a, we ran several teen boot camps over the summer holidays last year, which were really popular. Mm-hmm. We met some brilliant young people. We had great fun doing it. Um and that's really what set us down this path of thinking about young people and exercise because they really seem to have fallen through a gap in terms of yep. the summer summer fitness the summer camps for for young people um that we have summer camps for you know younger kids and then older kids don't need them and then yep. this age group of maybe up to sort of teenagers up to say 14 15 were at a loose end and really enjoyed coming along and finding out about the gym and finding out about exercise and nutrition and we had great fun with them. So
1: what I was really encouraged by was how driven by knowledge they were. They were so... They, they didn't just say... to learn, yeah. Show me what to do, off I go. Or, yeah. you know, sometimes you get an adult coming in after a hard day's work and they just want you to run them around for an hour they don't really want you to explain what they're doing or anything yeah. like that To just say look just i'll trust you work away but the kids are very driven by wanting to know why they're doing certain exercises so that they can kind of be a bit more educated maybe know a little bit more than their classmates and, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 it's actually it's very motivating we 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 did a lot of um kind of quizzes with them throughout the week as i think you i'm sure you remember that where um You know, you test them every day on what did we learn today? But we do it in a fun way. But I couldn't believe how much they picked up.
0: Yeah, young people these days are really interested to learn. They don't want to just go to a gym and kind of, you know lift heavy weights and uh, i I think they really do actually want to learn about why am i doing this and why is it important and so uh, off the back of that we we have decided to start up uh, a fitness class once a week for young people in the afternoon after school so we'll be putting more information about that up on the facebook page and, and, and instagram um but specifically for these young people who are falling between two stools, you know, that that maybe aren't in a team sport where they have access to a gym. They're too young to join a commercial gym. So if you're a young person or you're a parent who's thinking, well, this all sounds great, but, you know, I don't have access to a gym. That's one uh, very practical kind of possibility for your young person. And it's also very sociable and fun for them if they're maybe lacking a bit in confidence. Yeah.
1: What I would say to any parent who has a, a, a child who you're kind of concerned maybe about their health and their well-being and you want to get them started on, on, on a, a path to fitness, whatever your fears are, do it anyway. Get yeah. them started.
0: And obviously in that environment, we're very much based on health, fitness, well-being, positive outcomes. Yeah. We don't focus whatsoever on weight or how you look. Or yeah. And our gym, we don't even have any mirrors in our gym. So it's a great environment for people who are feeling a bit self-conscious. Or yeah. um, We're very much focused on uh, the, the positive outcomes rather than sort of the, the negative reasons why you might feel that you're there. So
1: Yeah, I mean, we spoke about pitfalls throughout this uh, podcast today. Um because I think parents are concerned about the pitfalls either, uh, anyway. So obviously we're very aware of them as well, and we've covered them off. But the positive side of this is that as human beings, we're designed to move. We're designed to be active. And mm. whether it's just a case of wanting to feel better, have a better uh, you know, self-awareness or uh, feel more confident, or whether you actually want to perform at an elite level, we should all be exercising. We should all factor that into our day and our week And uh, there's no reason not to.
0: And it's great to get young people started, young on this path and get them confident in that environment. Uh, So it's all it's all a a, a positive thing. And and absolutely, young people should be doing this. Yeah. Um, So next week, then, following on from our talk today about young people and exercise, uh, we are going to carry on with the topic of of youths and young people kind of uh, up to the age of 18. And we're going to be talking about nutrition This is a bit of a tricky area for a lot of people. I think people's nutrition tends to fall down once they hit early teens. Uh, Parents are are pulling their hair out when it comes to what their young people are eating. So next time we're going to have a couple of uh, young people on as guests and they're going to be telling us themselves what kinds of things they're eating, how they feel about nutrition, how they feel about exercise. Uh, So it should be interesting. So
1: We're also going to cover off um, on... Uh, performance nutrition and the the dangerous area of we didn't talk about steroids today but um, things like creatine protein drinks, all the different supplementation that's available to uh, young kids now that are driven either for cosmetic improvements or whether they're under pressure to try and gain muscle for their sport so we'll cover off on that as well.
0: Yeah so we'll see you next time in the meantime do give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter and we'll be back soon All the best This podcast was brought to you by Primal Productions.